Go Your Own Way is brought to you by Overmental.com, the media culture hive mind. Enjoy the adventure. Hey listeners, welcome to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where we love you. (laughs) (laughs) We're back. Well, I'm back. I was gone for, I guess it was only one episode, but we've kind of been off for a while. My fault. Because I had to live life. But now we're living the dream, listeners, with the podcast. This is Peter. Two other people are also on this podcast. They can introduce themselves. <laughs> I'm Jen. Hello! I'm Eric. And that's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I am, it's true. Cool. I thought I had something to say, but I don't. So... Let's let Eric talk. All right. So the story we're going to be going doing today is Outbreak Chapter 1 by T-Law, who I assume is not related to J-Law, but could be. Never know. You never mm-hmm. know. And the I mean in this in this case you probably know, but Yeah. We'd probably know if J-Law had a nerdy cousin or something who wrote Choose Your Own Adventure stories. And the very first uh, panel page of this story opens with Welcome to Fucktville. So I feel like I've chosen well. <laughs> you know, I was going to ask you to read the description of the story, but I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's better. I like when we can just start with that. No context about what the story is. All right. Just welcome to Fucktville. Welcome to Fucktville. It all happened so fast. It was a blur. A big, bloody, scary blur. You and two other students, Mason and Brett, take temporary refuge inside what used to be Mr. Denny's math class. The door is hastily barricaded with chairs and desks, while a few sick students pound at the door trying to get in. To kill us. Oh no. Oh no! I would hate having a math teacher named Mr. Denny, because I would just want to eat Denny's all the time. (laughs) And not think about math. Indeed. It's a difficult learning environment. (laughs) Trevor, you quickly awake from your shock-induced daydream as you turn around to see Mason with a scared but stern look on his face. Those nut jobs are going to break in any minute now. The door won't hold much longer, he exclaims with increasing panic in his voice. You have to think of something. Or else they're going to break in and kill all three of you. We can. Who are these guys? Character introductions. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so used to them starting with verbs. (laughs) Open the door and fight them like men. Use the air ducts, climb out the window. I was going to say we don't know whether we're men, but I guess we are, sort of, because we're all boy characters. Uh, In the description, it does say that we are in the eighth grade. So we are Mm. young men. Young men, yes. Hormones. (laughs) Maybe that's, it's not zombies attacking us, they're just raging with hormones. It's yeah. pu- puberty banging on the door. Right? It's, it's so symbolic. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Teen Wolf. Exactly. 
Exactly. I kind of want to do character introductions so we know who is the most expendable. Mm. Okay. Who can we lose to puberty? Exactly. It's a good point. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's who are right. these guys? Let's who are these who guys? Who are these guys? Might as well learn about the characters you will be controlling. Trevor, Mason, Brett, back to reality. Well, let's start with Trevor, because we are Trevor. Yeah, we might as well just go down the way. Who am I? <laughs> you are basically the average kid, at least to you. You don't... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I mean, in a sample group of one, you are both the average and the outlier in everything. God damn it. Sample group of one totally sounds like some lame boy band's attempt to be nerdy. Like that would be their album name. Oh, no, no, no. It's it's the leader of the boy band's solo album. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. You don't belong to any major cliques. You were an average-sized 14-year-old boy. You live with your mom and dad, and you don't have many friends besides Mason. None that are still alive, that is. You don't have a girlfriend, and you are a straight B student. Except in Spanish. Fuck, that <laughs> shit is hard. N-word, I guess? <laughs> I'm just gonna throw that out there for okay. Spanish class, I guess. Maybe N-word? That's cool. I mean, basic- not, but... Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that seems... Alright. <laughs> You are basically a blank slate in a way, perfect for being the main character in a choose-your-own-adventure game like this. Well, they've at least done their homework. Because that is true. Mason. Mason is your only friend left that is still alive. He's about four inches taller than you and is slightly more athletic than you. Ooh, he he's has sport- more puberty coming through. Right? He's that means he's already been dead. Oh, no. <laughs> How many hairs does he have on his balls? Is that Count not included? <laughs> Mason, drop trow. <laughs> he is 14 years old and the starting tight end for the junior high football team. He thinks of himself as a leader, but when there is true danger, he starts to panic and hopes someone else comes up with a plan. He is a ladies' man and can be an idiot at some times, but in the end, he means well. Yeah, no 14-year-old ladies' man means well, by the way. <laughs> Mm-mm. Just for the record. <laughs> Probably 14-year-olds in general don't mean well. <laughs> They're all dicks. They are all dicks. Brett. Brett is a short, scrawny, bald 12-year-old who gets bullied a lot and is a bit of a dork. He is basically the laughing stock of the school. You feel bad for him a lot of the time, and you would like to talk to him just to make him feel better. But unfortunately, if you're seen near him, you too, you would too get mocked by everyone else. You would, you too, you would too. Yep, that's what that means. Alright. At least all his bullies are dead now. So I guess that's a plus for Brett. Of... If my bullies transitioned into trying to kill me, I don't know if that would be a plus for me. (laughs) Other than his appearance and his social status, you don't know him at all. 
Hopefully, he can be useful in the future, but considering the fact that he is curled up in a ball in the corner of the classroom crying, he might be a liability. Oh, I'm sorry, he might be a reliability. Which is not what that word hmm. means. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're maybe they're, maybe they're they're saying that he might be reliable. I maybe. Maybe that's what we're getting at. That would be against the grain of that sentence, but okay. We'll go <laughs> with that. It's the writing style you don't understand. Right, yeah. It's a stylistic choice that I am ignorant of. Alright. So we are back to open the door, use the air ducts, climb out the window. Fight them like men sounds like a bad mm. idea. Because it sounds yeah, like, it sounds like we're, a terrible idea. we're all just scared. We are not men. No. We are Devo. We, we can <laughs> we can climb out the window or use the air ducts. Windows seems. I say air ducts. Okay. I'm kind of we seem like scrawny little man kids. So I bet we could fit in the air ducts real good. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning air ducts. Except as for well. maybe Mason because he's a football player. Oh, he's a little bigger than we are, huh? But he's already, um, he's already gaining puberty as we speak. So, <laughs> you know, if, if we may wait much longer anyway, he's just going to turn into one of them. So we might as well just leave him behind. I feel like climbing out the window, like. In a building, you can kind of control access to where you are, and you might end up cornered, but you have options. Out in the open, like, you just get surrounded and die. Yeah. This is my feeling. Let's use the air ducts, listeners. Alright. Use the air ducts. Trying to think, you look up at the ceiling to see if you can find something useful, and voila, you see the air vent. Look, you say, pointing at the air vent. One of us can go up there, get into the hallway, and lead them away. You exclaim as if you've thought of the most brilliant thing ever. That's actually a good idea, remarked Mason. I would have thought of that, too. He interjected, trying to retain his character. Well, who's going to do it? Brett finally spoke. So who do we want to sacrifice themselves? Mason's the athletic one. This is true. Let's, let's volunteer Mason. Alright, let's do it. Yeah. Good luck, Mason! Why don't you do it, Mason? You say to him. Er, I can't because... My legs are sore from running earlier. Yeah, and I can't run well when I'm sore, he shouted, obviously making shit up so he doesn't have to endanger himself. You give him a really glare, and even Brett looks like he's not buying it. All right, then, you sighed. Who else is going to do it? So, Mason's a dick. Yeah. Yeah, not using... Football players are dicks. Ugh. Why? Why even have them? What good do they do? Right. What good do they do? Well, now mm. now I kind of feel like our obvious choice at success has pushed it's out. It's going to be us, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I feel like... Brett is bald and small yeah. and 12. Like, why is he bald? Does he have cancer? That probably doesn't help you run. Oh, no. Not cancer. And I feel bad, like, taking the kid who gets bullied all the time and being like, why don't you sacrifice yourself to the zombies? <laughs> right? Like, that seems uh. mean. 
Yeah. We can't trust anyone but ourselves. It's a story of life. This is true. Alright. I mean, we can think of a new plan. That is also an option. No, let's let's try volunteering ourselves. Alright. Volunteer yourself! I suppose I'll do it, you stated, trying to sound brave, even though you're scared. On the count of three, Mason and Brett hoist you up to the air vent, where you pull off the vent and enter the air duct. Okay, I'm in, you tell the others as you embark to the vent in the hallway. You're about halfway there until things started to go wrong. You can hear the bottom of the duct and the ceiling to the hallway start to crack and give out. You stay absolutely still for a few seconds, scared to death that you will fall. After a short time, nothing happened. Sighing in relief, you continue your journey, but as soon as you move, the duct finally gives out as you plummet to the hallway floor. Before you can recover from the sudden spill, the things from the hallway dogpile on top of you and devour you while you scream for help. Maybe if you were lighter, you would have been fine. Too bad. Ah, oh, we were supposed to choose Why did we eat all of that Denny's? God damn it, Mason. Son of a bitch. Alright, so do we want to go back and choose Brett's? Since that's obviously who it wants us to choose, or do we want to try the window? Well, we can try Brett really quick. I feel like it's just gonna be like, well, Brett peed his pants and he's too scared, so then we just have to choose something else. Alright, well, let's try Brett. You and Mason both look at Brett. What? Why are you looking at me like that? A few seconds later, on the count of three! One, two, three. You and Mason hoist Brett up to the air duct, where he gets in without a hitch. All right, I'm in, he says nervously. Brett then proceeds to the hallway air vent that he easily makes it to. He kicks out the vent and hops down to the hallway floor. All the six students now notice Brett in the hall, as they all stammer towards him. (sighs) (laughs) Oh, no. Brett lets out a huge, wimpy, high-pitched scream as he runs away from the hallway monsters, as they are soon set to follow. The hallway is now clear. We can open the door. Right? Hooray! Good job, Brett. Glad he didn't pee his pants. (laughs) Definitely glad he didn't pee himself. Alright, we can open the door and leave the classroom, or stay in the classroom. Leave. Hmm. Leave. Definitely leave. Alright. As soon as you left the classroom, the smell of blood and death hits your nose. I have to say, I really hate how the the tense changes, like, within one sentence. Yeah, it's super It goes from past tense to present, like, within a few words. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, T-Law. Anyway, continue. Blood is all over the floors and lockers, and some severed body parts litter the hall. Luckily, no monster can be seen. Jesus Christ, everybody's either dead or sick, Mason uttered with a ghostly look on his face. I think we might be the only ones left, you comment as you start walking down the grim hall. So do you think Brett is going to come back alive, Mason asks you, trying to make conversation. Brett's a trooper, he'll be fine, you reply. I mean... Who would have thought that he of all people would survive this, he added. I mean, I can understand me surviving this because I'm super strong and athletic, he boasts proudly. And even you I can see because you're not that bad off. But Brett, he's a wimp. I'm surprised he wasn't the first one to die, he states. What a dick. Right? 
I'm, I'm what a dick. I'm but all the ladies want Mason. him, so he must be worth something. Ladies have terrible tastes, especially at that age. <laughs> especially yep. at that age. Right? What 14-year-old girl is making, like, the good choice about the dude she wants to date? Is it none of them? <laughs> it's none of them. None of them. It's all bad. Mostly because all 14-year-old boys are not worth dating. Like, <laughs> Precisely. All right. I feel like, especially considering Mason bitched out of running down the hallway, we should stick up for Brett. Brett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Come on, dude. Lay off him. He's risking his life for us right now, you said, defending Brett. I guess you're right. Mason said, slightly embarrassed. Just as you two round the corner, one of those things jumps out at you. It happens to have been one of those geeky girls from the Annie Mae Club. Oh, not that. What's an Annie Mae Club? I have no idea. Anime? Oh. Oh. (sighs) You're probably right. Yeah. Good call. Covered in bloody, infected bite marks and a huge chunk over her neck is missing. Soaking her entire shirt in blood. How was she even alive? Start swinging. Jump into Mason's arm like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> jump into his arm? Yeah, jump into his arm. Uh. That's right, just one arm. He'll need the other arm for swinging, I guess. <laughs> Since one arm is much better than four arms for swinging. Mm, let's start swinging. So far... I don't see any reason to trust Mason with anything. Right? Yeah. True story. You mustered up all the courage inside of you. So, so impressed that wasn't spelled like the condiment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. All the courage inside of you and decided that you were going to fight. You balled up your fist and delivered a powerful jab to its nose with your right hand. It broke her nose, and the blow knocked her to the ground. (laughs) Holy shit, dude, that was awesome, Mason said, astonished at your sudden badassery. Just as you were about to celebrate your victory, the girl fucking got back up. What? How? (laughs) Anyone should have been knocked out cold after taking such a magnificent punch. It started to stumble towards you. You were about to punch it again until a broomstick penetrates its skull. You and Mason stood there in shock for a second until a couple girls walked up to the two of you. One of the girls appears to be about a couple inches shorter than me. With... Oh my god, what? Me? Then me? You? We've been using you this whole time. (laughs) I also love how, like, almost every character in the story so far has been defined about, like, how many inches taller or shorter they are than you. It's true. It's true. Maybe whoever, maybe T-Law was a little short, so now he wants to be average. Like, he doesn't want to overreach, mm. but he's mm. hyper aware of people's heights. Or like how J.K. Rowling has to, every, has to describe everybody's nose in extreme detail. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. No, she does. Everybody gets a solid nose description. Got a nose thing, apparently. It's a thing. It's a thing. So, right. these girls that are a couple inches shorter than me, with blonde, long, silky hair. 
and wearing a yellow casual dress, tattered and stained with blood, and red tennis sneakers. She also has a distinct mole in the middle of her right cheek. You think she might be in your grade. The other girl is black with a short but frizzy perm. She is about your height, wearing a Penn State sweatshirt and a pair of ski jeans. The blonde one retrieves her broomstick from the corpse's skull. You boys alright? The blonde one asks you. Tell her that you're fine. Tell her that you are not fine. Well, at this point, we have to ask ourselves, are we boys or are we men? I am... We are men! Definitely leaning towards not fine. Because I am a sucker for the freak out in the middle of the zombie movie. <laughs> but don't we want to impress these girls? They might be in our grade. It's true. There might be 14-year-old makeouts later. If we can... Mm. I am totally down for 14-year-old makeouts. <laughs> All right. We'll go with telling them that we're fine. I'm fit. I'm fine, ladies. No need to worry about me. I was about to handle it myself. Mason interrupts as he tries to seduce her, even though we're standing in a school filled with wackos and dead bodies. Fucking Mason. Right? Why is this our best friend? He is clearly a douchebag. (laughs) Seriously. Did it say he's our best friend? Yeah. Or maybe he's our only friend who's left alive? Uh, Yeah, that sounds sounds familiar. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Still, why was he in our friend group at all? I don't know. For a sake of variety. Because 14-year-olds are dumb. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's so true. Yeah, right. You were just standing there with your tail between your legs while your friend here at least tried to fight it. Anyway, I'm Kelly, said the blonde one, and this is Wendy. She motions to the black girl, who waved. I'm Trevor. And this is Mason, you told the girls. After the introductions, you asked them if they have seen Brett. Your friend is dead, she said bluntly. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, no. Poor Brett. Poor Brett. Sacrificed himself for a douchebag and us. What? <laughs> what, you shout bewildered? Everyone but us is dead, Kelly answers. No, I mean, have you... Guys! All four of you turn around to the source of the yell. You see Brett running down the hallway unscathed. Brett! <laughs> Guys, I did it. I led them away. <laughs> I saved the day, he shouted with glee. This is an emotional about- roller coaster. <laughs> right? <laughs> As you were about to sincerely congratulate him, you hear several hungry moans coming from down the hall Brett came from. He didn't lead them away. In fact, he brought more. What the fuck, Brett? <laughs> God damn it, Brett. <laughs> we thought you were dead, and then you're not, and now you brought more zombies. What the fuck? Right. Now you fucked it up for all of us. <laughs> Great. Now I feel like baking you a cake, but I'm going to smash your face into it when I give it to you. <laughs> so should we fight or should we flight? Oh, I think this is a flight situation. Maybe Mason can carry us on his shoulders, because he's definitely going to want to flight. So maybe with his with his strength he can carry the rest of us. Right, we know Mason is useless in a fight. As far as we yeah. know, only Kelly has a weapon. Alright, um, we're doing flights. Yeah, we should we should flight. Fuck this shit. Every man for themselves, you shout as you run the opposite direction, abandoning your fellow survivors in an act of cowardice. 
You don't get far down the hall until you slip on a puddle of blood, sending you falling awkwardly on the floor, breaking your neck. You died almost instantly. <laughs> hey! God damn it. Right? It's Brett's At least fault. you weren't eaten by zombies. Not eaten alive, that is. But you still died a coward. Rest in pepperoni, dick meat. Okay. Well, damn it. I guess we're supposed to fight. We have to fight them, you yell as you pick up a pencil off the floor and stab the nearest psycho in the chest, in the heart precisely. It didn't work. You would have died if it weren't for Kelly and her broomstick. She stabbed it in the head. You start to think these things aren't alive anymore. Are they zombies? Zombies aren't real. Right? Trevor! Trevor! You awake from your brief daydream, seeing that everyone, even Brett, is attempting to fight a zombie. Mason grabbed a fire extinguisher off the wall and clubbed on of those things in the head. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly went all ninja on those zombies with her broomstick, and Brett and Wendy were kicking the zombies that were grounded. You instinctively grabbed your pencil and stabbed the next zombie in the eye. You killed the initial group of undead zombies, eight or nine, and now about a couple hundred more are coming. We need to leave. Now. The herd of students are closing in fast, and the emergency exit is just down the hall. We broke off into a run. They were getting closer and closer and closer. Wendy was the first one to reach the exit. She opened the door and held it open for the rest of us. She was generous. Too generous. As everyone else exited. When she was about to step out, the herd caught up. One of the things grabbed her and pulled her to the ground. The last thing we heard was her blood-curdling scream as the emergency exit closed for the last time. Kelly screamed and wailed of the death of her best friend, but none of us were dumb enough to open the door. Thankfully, those monsters didn't know how to pull open a door. Pretty sure all emergency exit doors are push. (laughs) Ten minutes have passed. P-A-S-T. Well, they are in the past. Technically true. Since we escaped the middle school, the four of us are walking down the road that runs through the school campus. The the tents all changed again. Yeah, no, it's all over the place. (laughs) It's all over the place. He doesn't know whether we're using we or me or you for the group. No idea. No idea what's happening. I think one of the things says a few grammatical mistakes. This entire story is a grammatical mistake. (laughs) Aww. We love you, Tilo. The story so far is good, but grammatically, it's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) That was a nightmare all along. Right? That's the actual nightmare. Like, that's the actual horror, is that the grammar is crazy. (laughs) The four of us are walking down the road that runs through the school campus. We're all shaken up due to the close call of the school. Kelly, more than the rest of us. Even more than Brett, surprisingly. Brett looks sad, but not to the point of crippling depression that you were expecting. Maybe he's stronger than you thought. Or perhaps maybe he hasn't completely broken down yet? Only time will tell, I guess. Mason, on the other hand, looks more grumpy than anything. I guess he's into black girls. (laughs) You yourself can't help but think if your parents are alright or not. Maybe they are safe, or maybe not. You shudder of the sinister thought that your parents might be dead, or worse. You look around to see the rest of the group, all walking with their different emotions and thoughts. It appears that you're going to be with these guys for the long run until the government sorts this crap out. So it might be wise to talk to them and get to know them a bit better. Or you can stay silent and keep to yourself. Your decision. 
So we can talk to Kelly, talk to Brett, talk to Mason, or stay silent. Stay silent. Hmm. I kind of feel like we should talk to somebody. Like, what's your rationale behind staying silent? I want to be the strong, silent type that doesn't depend on anybody else. What what are we going to gain by talking to 14-year-olds and sharing feelings? Well, I mean, you know, we could assuage some of their concerns. Let's talk to Mason. I want to see why he's grumpy. (laughs) It does kind of seem like he's going to have, like, the most ridiculous reason for being grumpy, and I kind of want to hear it. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to Mason, even though he's a dead-end, useless human being. You decide to play it safe and talk to your friend. Hey, man, what's up? You say nonchalantly. Well, I'm hungry, tired, and in the friend zone, he muttered grumpily. Oh, my God. Cut his nuts off. (laughs) Friend zone, you ask? Yeah, remember when I hit on her earlier? She shut me down, he says, disappointed. Well... For starters, I don't think she would even call you a friend. Secondly, she just lost her best friend, so she doesn't want to suck on your knob when she's in grief, you point out to him. See, I thought maybe he was disappointed that he he tried hitting on Wendy, and then she died, and then he considered that being (laughs) friend-zoned. I think that's a whole other zone. (laughs) I also kind of feel like he's probably the kind of douche who just hits on whichever girl is available and doesn't worry about the ones that aren't available. Hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, she could have not been a bitch about it, he pouts. Just as you were about to say something else, Brett speaks up. Whoa, look. I don't I don't think she was a bitch about it. Was she a bitch about <laughs> the, it? The, the timing is kind of inappropriate. The whole sentiment is inappropriate. <laughs> The zombie apocalypse, and you're going to whine because some girl doesn't want to... Oh, God. It's a school bus, Brett yells in amazement. Outside of school! Who would have guessed? (laughs) The school bus, one of the middle school's buses to be exact, was parked in the middle of the road with a few dents and blood marks on the front, indicating that whoever last drove, drove this hit a zombie or two. It appears to be in good condition, despite the minor bumps and scratches in the front. So what? Mason questions, with a mixture between confusion and impatience on his face. Well, maybe we can get inside and drive off. It would be much safer than walking, Brett explains to Mason, hoping to make him understand his point, but to no avail. That is one of the dumbest things I have ever heard, Mason scolds. None of us know how to drive a car, let alone a damn school bus. While Mason and Brett argue, you can hear the sounds of moaning and hissing coming closer. You look around, seeing about a hundred of those monsters start to surround the group. Kelly soon sees the herd too, and Mason and Brett finally stop bickering to see the severity of the situation. Oh shit, we need to do something, you yell out to the others. Brett tries to pull open the bus door, saying that we need to take refuge inside the bus in order to survive the herd. Uh, That's the wrong herd. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we did herd them. We did herd them, that's true. Kelly insists that we should start fighting the zombies as she start to get into a fighting position. Mason, on the other hand, says we should make a break for it and try to run past the zombies. What do you Some do? Some horrible idea. Let's run at the zombies. Right? Oh, God. I want to get in the bus. Yeah. Yeah. The bus definitely seems like the best option here. 
You believe that Brett's idea is the most logical choice, so you help him try to pry the door open while Kelly and Mason try to hold off the incoming zombies. Damn, this door is sealed tight. You think the door might be magnetically locked. If that's the case, then we might not li live much longer. Despite the advancing herd, you and Brett continue to pull and pull until creak. The door swings open. The thing is, we didn't open it. A second later, a man, a still-living man, steps out of the bus with an angry look on his face. What the hell do you want? He shouts in a miserable tone. The man appears to be in his mid-forties, about 5'10". Well, how tall are we? Now we don't know. Also, since we're 14, if we think this guy is, is in his mid-forties, he's probably like 25. Right. Because when you're young, you think everybody's super old. And dons a dark gray windbreaker with a white-knit winter beanie. He also appears to not have shaven in a few weeks, as he has a salt-and-pepper-colored grizzly stubble beard. Okay. It's not what a few weeks of not shaving looks like, but... <laughs> Please, sir, we need to take shelter inside your bus. Those monsters are surrounding us. Brett pleads to the man. Just then, the grizzly man takes a long a look around... Noticing Kelly and Mason fighting off the herd that is coming closer and closer. Oh, fuck, he shouts, <laughs> finally realizing the danger we're in. <laughs> uh, okay, just get in already, the man shouts as everyone quickly boards the school bus. As soon as everyone is in, he shuts the magnetic door, just as the first zombie reaches the bus. The stranger then starts the ignition, driving away from the herd while plowing a few undead over, causing the bus to go up and down like driving over a speed bump. In a matter of moments, we escape the herd. So we can express our thanks to the man, ask if everyone is okay, question the man on why he waited to the very last minute to save you, attempt to hijack the bus from the man with your pencil. I was hoping there would be an option to fight him, but I guess that's the closest thing we have. But yep. I think in the past, the pencil's not really done much. I do not trust a pencil to take out a grown-ass man. Uh, let's see, question... I don't really care why he waited to the last second. I think he just didn't give a shit. Or he might have been high. Yeah. Um, also a possibility. Should we thank him or ask if everyone is okay? I feel like maybe thanking him is the prudent course. Alright, are we thanking? I guess so. I'm clicking on right. it, so yes. <laughs> Thanks for saving us, mister, you say to the bus driver. Don't mention it, he replies. Everything was silent for a little bit, with the exception of the bus engine, until Brett spoke up. My name's Brett! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you poor sweet summer child, Brett. Oh, Brett. He shouted, introducing himself. Everyone else introduced themselves after, as if talking to a new kid at school. After our introduction, it was his turn. I'm Jerry, he mumbled, keeping his eyes on the road, littered with wrecked cars, corpses, and the occasional living corpse. As the bus drives down the ruins of Main Street, our survivors sigh a breath of relief that they are safe. For now, that is. We won! We Ooh, won. look, there's a special message. Ooh. Congratulations on beating the first chapter from the Outbreak Saga as well as my first story on this website. Chapter 2 will be made in about a month. Please leave a rating and a comment. If you have any criticisms or questions, I will happily respond to them. When I finally get around to making Chapter 2, I will make as many improvements as possible. 
I will use the advanced editor for it. I use the classic one for chapter one, because I plan to have items maybe, and even skill points. The story is based off a comic series I made a few years ago in middle school, and with this website I can make an experience that can be shared with others through a choose-your-own-adventure-story format. Thanks again, and take care. What a nice Aww. person. Right? It's a very nice little ending note there. I kind of want... I kind of wish they did... Uh, included some illustrations or something. Maybe in chapter two. Maybe. Let's see if there is a chapter two. Oh, part two is unpublished. But... He, in his profile, says that he is the creator of the Outbreak Saga, which is only playable on ChaseYourStory.com. So if you want more of this story, listeners, (laughs) (laughs) clearly we all got a message, T-Law. Be like, hey, we would love to play some more because I want to find out if Brett gets laid. I don't. (laughs) I kind of do. You don't want to know if Brett gets laid? He saved us all. Right? He was... He he wins. He won. Did better than Mason. Right? Mason did fuck all. Wait, I'm sorry. Exactly. Did you say you wanted to see Brett get laid or Mason? Brett. Oh, I thought you said Mason. I was like, why do you care if he gets laid? No. Gross. No one wants to see that. Well, if you're lucky, listeners, next time you'll hear it. (laughs) (laughs) So, once again, that was called, what was it, Outbreak? Outbreak, chapter one. (laughs) Outbreak by T-Law on ChooseYourStory.com. If you want to suggest the story that we play next time, tell us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. Or you can tell us on Twitter at GoYourOwnWayPod. Bye, listeners. Bye! Bye! For more original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news, visit Overmental.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>